angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're gonna have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager and I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. Glorious. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise man heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Who doesn't love a Christmas movie classic, right? Whether it be Die Hard or Elf or Christmas Vacation or Christmas Story, uh, you know, you name it. A Wonderful Life. Uh, at least I'm naming my favorites. Uh, well, this is one of mine, too, and, and, and the angel in this is actually a lead pastor at a church where my daughter was in preschool when we were in Kentucky in seminary, and so it's near and dear to my heart. And I know some of y'all have seen it before, so thank you for indulging me, but it is a classic, and for those of you that are here for the first time, maybe seeing it for the first time, we want to say welcome to you in particular. We want you to know that you're always welcome here amongst us called The, the Way Woodstock, and, and I am so grateful that we have the privilege and the opportunity tonight to gather in this moment in the presence of God and in pursuit of God. Amen? 
Uh, it's hard to believe that it's Christmas Eve, yes? The countdown is almost down or over. Christmas is almost here. Boys and girls, you know what this means, right? I say this every year. It means that tonight's the night that you go home and you put your kids or you put your parents to bed early because they're going to need their sleep, and so are you, boys and girls. But before we rush off, as we continue in worship, I want us to turn to God's Word once more and to be reminded of our why, why we have hope, and where we can find true peace and joy and love. And to do that, I want to read from the Gospel of John. I'm going to invite Ernie up to light our, our Christ candle because today is one of those unique days. It's, it's the fourth Sunday in Advent, and it's also Christmas Eve. And, and that means that us pastors got shorted one week, so I'm going to do two sermons for one tonight. Is that good? Y'all don't like that, do you? No, we're not going to go that long. But I do want to read for us out of the Gospel of John as we light the Christ candle. And then I want to read for us out of Paul's writing to the church in Colossus. But here's what John has to say, and it's very fitting as we light our Christ candle tonight. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it and just a little bit further down John writes the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth and then Paul has this to write to the early church the church in Coloss in chapter 1 verse 15 he writes the son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, or all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross this is the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God would you continue in worship today with me as we go to the Lord in prayer merciful God I thank you for the privilege it is to gather in your presence, to gather in your midst, all made possible because of the gift of your Son. God, we come here tonight out of tradition. We come here out of night out of looking for hope. We come here tonight in great need of what you and only you have to offer us. And so, God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. As we're reminded tonight of the why, the why we have hope, and where we can find true peace, joy, and love. It's in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. In the beginning, John begins. And, and, and John, by saying, in the beginning, knew something about his early readers. 
that they, like him, that they, like Jesus, were Jewish. That by saying in the beginning, that he would take them back to the very beginning of Scripture, the Torah, Genesis 1, and they would be reminded and connected to those opening words of Scripture, in the beginning. And what we find there is in the beginning, God created, God created the heavens and the earth. And when we see this, what we realize is that it's God in his fullness. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from before time, from before creation, from before sin. Jesus was there in the midst of creation as God spoke forth all that we see in creation today. And the beautiful thing is, is in every day as God was creating, as God was speaking, what we realize, if you look back in Scripture, is he would kind of reflect back and say, it is tov. That's Hebrew for good. Good. And as if it couldn't get any better, on the sixth day, he took some dirt from the earth and he breathed the breath of life into it and he made humankind. He made you and me. He made humankind in his image, no less, an image of perfect love. And when God sat back on that sixth day and reflected on what he created, he didn't just say it was tov. He said it was kol tov. Very good. And God gave humanity just one mission, to care for his creation. To care for his creation. But then it happened. Then it happened, mission failure on our part. When we chose to walk away from God, when we chose to to be like God rather than be with God, when we, in our rebellion, allowed greed and envy and all of those things, the sin to get between us and God, the mission failed. And from that moment on, creation has been suffering because of our rebellion. And in the process, we forfeited something. We lost something that is near and dear to all of us, something that I think many of us came in here today perhaps searching and longing for. It's another Hebrew word, shalom. Say that with me, shalom. That's a peace. But it's not the peace that we so often think of in our modern day. You know, we think of peace as the absence of conflict. How many of y'all would like that kind of peace? I know we all would. But shalom is something far grander, far more significant. Shalom is a peace in the midst of conflict. Or as Omar, who's been leading us in our daily devotions, if you've been reading the daily devotions with us, he writes it this way, and I think this is an appropriate way to look at it. He says, shalom more fully understood is the wholeness and well-being, the ideal state of humanity, both individually and collectively. This, this is the gift that God has given to us, that he created and imparted upon us in creating us in his image. He gave us his shalom. And yet this is what we have lost and we so desperately desire, is it not? If you just scan the headlines today or you scroll through your social media or, or you reflect back on your own life and your own relationships, I think we all can attest to the fact that sin has creeped in and, and the effects of sin have gotten between us and our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. Amen? I know it has in my life and I imagine it has in your life too. Robbing us of a shalom. The shalom that God created and that God gave to us and you know in certain times like this it could seem as if all hope and joy is lost 
And love is nowhere to be found. You know, when you think about it, I think God had every reason to abandon us in light of the mess up we made of his creation. But rather than walk away from us, he walked into his creation. Rather than our mission failure be his abandonment, what we see is God's embodiment like one of us coming in human form, like each and every one of us came into this world through a mother's womb, no less, as a babe, a vulnerable baby. You know, I said it last week, and I think it bears repeating that when you reflect on the fact, when you marvel on the fact that God would come and become one like us, it surely says that he holds a high regard for you and for me and for all of humanity. You see, our mission failure set in motion God's rescue mission. And that rescue mission began with the birth of his son, Jesus This is what the gospel writer John understood, having walked with Jesus, having witnessed him lay down his life. He goes on to write, and when we know very very much so, I think most of us have taken this heart, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He sent his one and only son into the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but what? Have eternal life. And I love the way he continues in verse 17. He says, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And then the writer of Hebrews says this, since the children have flesh and blood, that's you and me, he, that is Christ too, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You see, when you look into the face of Jesus, you see the face of God. When you look into the face of Jesus, you see the very invisible God. When you look to Jesus, you recognize that God, in coming along and becoming one like us, well, he knows what it's like to be abandoned, abused, rejected, neglected, to go hungry, to experience grief, to experience loss. You see, Jesus knows what it's like, and Jesus is with us in the hardest of moments. And Jesus is with us in the darkest of days. But you see, our darkness, the darkness, the experience of our life, the brokenness that we have is no match for the light of Christ. For the light that came in on that first Christmas, the very love of God that came down for you and for me. You see, the reality is is that God knows what it's like and he is with us. His Holy Spirit is ever present with you and me in this very moment. And because he came down, he can empathize with you and with me and with all of humanity, with everything that we might experience in life. You see, because of what Christ did, because Jesus came and was born to die and to live again, 
we can be forgiven of our sins and healed of our brokenness. Praise be God to that, right? You see, we can be forgiven of the guilt that says, I have done something bad. Any of y'all bought into that, that you've done something bad? I know I have. But we also can be freed from the shame that says, I am bad. This is the gift of Christmas. This is the gift of Christ coming into our world, that no matter how dark it gets, that his light shines ever brighter, that no amount of darkness can overcome the light of Christ. This is the hope. This is the promise of Christ having not only come, but his promise to return for you and me. This is what we celebrate. This is what we grab a hold of at Christmas because Jesus came not only to rescue us, but to restore our shalom, to restore your and my shalom, that wholeness and that well-being that deep down inside every single one of us here knows we desperately desire for. Thanks be to God for that. And so tonight, that light in which no amount of darkness can overcome, the light and love of Christ, tonight is a night in which we have the opportunity to declare that we seek the light of Christ in the midst of the darkness of the days we experience. Today is a day in which we choose to allow the light of Christ to push out the darkness because as we light this room, come on forward, it pushes out every bit of darkness, not only around us, but if we allow Christ within us, it'll push out the darkness even within us. So as we light these candles tonight, may we also be reminded not only of God's rescue mission for us, but is recommissioning of us to go to share his light with the world, to share it with those out there that don't yet know of Jesus, where our true hope is found, where God's love and where God's peace and where God's joy can flood our hearts. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. So as the praise team leads us as, and as the candle is passed, I invite you, if you have the unlit candle, turn it sideways. Turn it into the one that's holding the light vertically. That way it won't drip on anybody. Would you just stare at that light in front of you? What darkness do you need to allow the light and the love of Christ to push out tonight? Jesus is here. Would you receive him anew? I pray it be so. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.